Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsock. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to talk about breaking news from a long time ago of uh, some news uh, based around the WGA strike. Kathleen Kennedy talking about movie releases, which, hey, which, you know, might be affected by the WGA strike. <laughs> we got it all here before we get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from 
or iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player a little bit later. As always, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. That's the A for Audible, but Joseph, we got the A for Ask. That is right. Everyone has been uh, so kind to respond to the various A's that are asks. Uh, We want to keep up promoting our Patreon page. We've been so happy with everything that's uh, building there. It's really been making a difference to us in what we can do with Four Center. And I think it's been making a difference to just see how many people are enjoying joining the community on Discord that's available uh, through the Patreon and finding a safe and fun place to talk all kinds of Star Wars. Uh, we have some new merch tiers. We've got the Indiana Jones and the Perilous podcast. I watched uh, Temple of Doom this weekend, so we could be ready to talk about it. That is uh, coming, that discussion, on Monday, May 15th. That'll be available on Patreon. Very excited about that. We passed the uh, the goal for Jennifer to do a new YouTube series uh, of uh, Jedi Beat episodes with all sorts of visuals. So all sorts of fun and exciting things going on right now. We are building to our next goal of $2,200 a month, at which point Ken and I will do another Star Wars ranked live stream on patrons where uh, the patrons can be with us in the chat, sharing their thoughts during the live stream. And then we will release that uh, eventually to the public as well. So that is the current ask. We also have a survey going. Uh, you know what? I forgot to write down the link. So just go uh, to the uh, social media, to Twitter or Facebook. And we have the link there. Uh, I, I think probably the majority of people who, who are going to fill out the survey have. Thank you all so much. We have over 500 responses, which is really, really great. It's been fascinating to see everyone's thoughts. But if you are interested, that survey is going to be up until Wednesday, May 17th. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We, we went through some of the uh, answers and some of it is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And some of it is ooh, surprising and, and helps us kind of look towards the future of Force Center. So, uh, yeah, I was, you know, Joseph, I was trying to look up the link, too, but I've been struggling even saying that link. So, you know, just fine. <laughs> it's VFK8JKA. It's a it's a droid name is what it is, uh, but it really uh, it's there on social media. There it is. It is. Before we get the news, we always love to catch up our Star Wars and life adventures. Uh, busy weekends, busy times. When is it not, Jen? Uh, how did Star Wars find you? Well, last week was May the 4th, which was so exciting. I woke up, my kids, without me prompting them, which is, you know, that was nice. They said, Happy Star Wars Day, Mom. <laughs> they were so excited. They wore their Star Wars shirts to school. They were, I said, okay, remember, you can tell people, may the fourth be with you. They thought that was hilarious. And uh, I went to California Donuts and I got some mm. Star Wars donuts, some Princess Leia's, uh, Chewbacca bar, <laughs> was like Yoda. Oh, it's so good. And one of our listeners, Andy, actually got some as well. That was kind of cool. Um, what else happened? Oh, so then I picked up my kids. I'm like, did anyone talk about Star Wars Day? They said no. No mm-hmm. one talked about it. I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Um, but we ended up watching Young Jedi Adventures, which is a new show on Disney Plus aimed for mm-hmm. kids. And it is so good. If you have not watched this and you have uh, know any Padawans uh, that are, you know, between the ages of like three and maybe even up to like 10, this show is so great. It's beautiful visually. Uh, so many fun little uh, nods and and I don't know about necessarily being canon, but the characters are just so fun to watch. I highly recommend it. My kids loved it. They watched like I think five, six episodes. It mm. was it was mm. wonderful. They had their donuts. It, it was like it was pretty magical. 
I want to go hang out at Jen's house. <laughs> yeah, donuts and nubs. That sounds like nubs. a good party to me. Oh, we love nubs. We love nubs. That's great. That's great. I've watched the first two episodes, which I think is four adventures, right? There's usually about two two adventures. In yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nubs. Nubs was as advertised, I would say. Adorable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of reaction gifts from nubs. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that was my May the 4th. What did you, what did you all do? Oh, uh, Joseph. You- yeah. Go ahead, Joseph. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was definitely my big Star Wars adventure is uh, I went to the Academy Museum here in Los Angeles to see a return of the Jedi on the big screen. And it was really uh, it was really amazing. It was even better than I thought. I think like I saw Empire Strikes Back um, at a theater um, a while back and, and it was fun. It was good. There were people in costume, but it was outside. And I think maybe the sort of the response and the energy kind of drifted away a little bit. And I think sometimes I've been like, yeah, I want to see a Star Wars uh, film on screen, but then I'm busy or it's expensive. This wasn't. And and it feels like, I, yeah, I've seen the movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm aware. Uh, so sometimes I don't make it a priority. And I saw so many uh, listeners and fans posting about seeing Return of the Jedi. It just really did get me into the spirit and the desire to see it. And it was an amazing experience to see it within a loud responsive multi-generation audience it really did make me feel like i was seeing this again for the first time mm. kind of thing or, or seeing it in a different way um yeah it was fascinating to see what people um applauded for there there was like a real desire to applaud uh there was an attempt to applaud for every character's first appearance um oh which gosh. led to a round of applause uh when han comes out of the carbonite and falls on the floor <laughs> <laughs> which oh felt a uh, weird a massive round of applause for uh, wicket's feet uh before he even fully uh, appeared um there you know i was wondering like i think we'll probably explode like or explode uh, applaud when things explode right like the victory moments mm-hmm. the uh, sail barge goes up the death star goes up great but I was I I told my wife in the car I was like I hope that people applaud for uh, I'm a Jedi like my father before me because I want to mm. be able to just applaud and feel like I'm not alone mm-hmm. uh, and huge round of applause for that. Um, so it was great to see it again with a theater that really responded to it emotionally, uh, as I have foggy recollections of <laughs> experiencing in 1983 and 1997. But then mm-hmm. there was the generational change, and uh, our friend uh, Ken Plume had uh, mm-hmm. talked about this. I'm sure a ton of other people who saw it experienced it, but the audience was there for everything. Yeah. But the audience was really there for Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. the Ewoks, uh, and Hayden Christensen, <laughs> one of the biggest, just uh, absolute explosion of cheers and applause for his force ghost appearing which wow. you know as we know growing up the original trilogy that that is was one of the mm-hmm. later controversial changes that people have been really grumpy about uh people applauded for vader throwing uh palpatine down the shaft uh, even with the no which mm-hmm. uh, uh we can have a laundry larger star wars discussion i like to know uh i know <laughs> some fans might be might be saying no no to me liking the no but i do um in, it was also just great to hear laughs because mm-hmm. I watch it and I go, oh, what do I think is funny? What do I think is well-written, uh, well-delivered? Um, but to see just what played to an audience honestly 
uh, a ton of three PO stuff. Uh, my favorite uh, uh, laugh was uh, the scene where uh, Luke and Yoda are having their conversation, and Luke says, "Then I am a Jedi," and Yoda goes, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> oh and I've always loved that line reading, and it got a big, big laugh. Um, but the the biggest reaction that I wanted to share was uh, Han and Leia. Leia telling Han that Luke is her brother. And Han going through all the different beats of processing mm. what that means from mm-hmm. what the hell. Oh, wait. Hey, that's kind of weird. Oh, wait. That means that we can be together. There's no problem. Uh, and the audience was so there for every beat of that. It, that was one of those moments where I felt like I just saw this for the first time because mm-hmm. it isn't my kind of ancient, like, yes, I appreciate that beat. That's that beat's good. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was alive and modern and had all of the the weight of the history of the jokes of it it, it was like the audience was perceiving it like Han was going through like but that kiss on Hoth mm. weird <laughs> <laughs> the way the audience was processing Han processing it made it just entirely fresh so yeah. um, I, I will stop myself there I could go on and on it was an amazing experience wow uh, no I I, I um I'm bummed I couldn't get out to see it uh, in the opportunity with the opportunities they had, but I've been hearing that from a lot of folks now. Just what you're saying of just the entire experience, the hating of it all. That's that's just fun. That's just fun as a Star Wars fan to to know that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just see that generational change, and and I think you know, I'm sure it happened everywhere, but you know, social media was full of Carrie Fisher finally getting a star uh, yeah. in in Hollywood that day. And, you know, I heard verbals of people talking about the event. So I think that there was this just a huge celebration of Leia, but also just of, of mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher. And that was great to be a part of. Love it. Mm-hmm. What a, warm, a warm experience. Yeah. 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 Um, other mm-hmm. life adventure that I wanted to throw out there very quickly is a, I am working on a fun, creative project. Uh, Ken is going to be involved as well. Yes, and there's going to be announcements coming about that. Uh, but I wanted to let uh, listeners know uh, if you are interested in helping uh, helping me, helping us out uh, with that project, uh, a Kickstarter is coming soon. So just wanted to let listeners know that uh, that is coming up soon. And I'll talk about it more on the podcast when I have concrete dates and information <laughs> love that kickstarter is coming coming somewhere out in space kickstarter is <laughs> exactly that. so ken yeah. what were your adventures oh man a big uh you know all <laughs> all aspects of star wars the rage uh the fear the anger and the joy i on, on may may the 4th i actually got to go perform at flappers i've been added um kind of late to a may the may the laugh be with you star wars themed stand-up <laughs> night. and uh i think only me and one other comic uh, a comic named benari benari lee on twitter give him a follow oh, i think yeah. The, yeah he know yes no we we were doing the old hey what's your instagram and went oh hey joseph follows you um yeah he's great i love benari yeah so benari and i were the only ones that did star wars sets and the only oh. ones that seem to like Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the we're not in Kansas anymore vibe uh, kind of uh, came over me when I walked into the green room at the, the Flappers main room. Because uh, I've been told it's a Star Wars show on May the 4th. And the host was, we were chatting before to get my information. And uh, she goes, I think I'm going to upset a bunch of uh, Star Trek fans tonight. I went, oh, well, I guess tonight's the night to do that. She went, I mean, sorry, no, sorry, Star Wars fans. I, I hate Star Wars. <gasps> I only like Star Trek. I was just in my head, like, why am I here? <laughs> like, oh, what? my gosh. 
And um, sure enough, oh, like 50% of the crowd got the memo. Uh, the 50% of the other crowd was, it was a comedy show, uh, which is fine. Um, but it was an interesting, we always talk about being outside the Star Wars bubble. Uh, it was interesting to, you know, uh, a lot of people just love punching down on Star Wars. It's all safe. Mm. I love getting on stage and, and uh, the jokes are easy and the laughs uh, flow. Uh, so God bless them all. But I did have a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, I went in with some, I, I wrote some new material with some very hyper specific, you know, Bespin security guard humor. And I thought, tonight's the night. All the night. And it didn't really work because half the crowd was like, no idea what Bespin is. <laughs> like, oh what is that? Gosh. What's a Bespin? Uh, What's the thing now? Um, but other stuff worked. So it was a fun experience. And, and, and the vibe was uh, great. And, and you know, got to talk stars in the green room with, uh, with Benari. And we even had a little fun kind of debating. We have different opinions on Mando Season 3 and Book of Boba Fett, but we still celebrated Star Wars and... Uh, it was a lot of fun. So I love making new Star Wars friends and, and all that good stuff there. So uh, that I, I try to keep the vibe going. I did try, I, you know, I'll, I'll make this announcement. I'm probably not streaming Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor anymore. I, I I had a rush of anger on a live stream. I feel regretful about uh, the, the games and that for me. I'm continuing to play. In fact, even just this morning, I did find and reunite with Grease. So I'm still going. I just think it's better for me to maybe just relax and try to enjoy the game or try to find something else uh, with the pressure of entertaining and also having an entire chat room yell, you got to swing on the vine. Got swing on the vine. <laughs> turn, around, turn around. And uh, it made for a bad, uh, made for an explosion of uh, dark side energy. So uh, tr still trying to play the game and all that's, you know, a, a little bit of anger stirring in me and uh, the star Wars lesson of sometimes got to be flowing, uh, not be rigid, rigid. I have a kind of a Sunday routine. Grace and I go for a walk with the dogs. We get coffee. I, I go into the gym. I do my ride, get the four center news together, all that stuff. And we decided to go, we decided, uh, let's go hiking and mm -hmm. dogs. We went a little hike in Griffith park, one of the simpler trails. Cause we had a dog stroller for our 17 year old blind uh, Chihuahua. Back <laughs> and we went for a walk and that led us to go on, well, let's go get some lunch. And we just had one of those Sundays where we, we just kind of flowed where the, where the galaxy took us, where the force mm. led us. And that Ugh. was the, at the end of the day, that was the true Star Wars celebration for me. So a lot of fun, a, a whirlwind of emotions. I'm like a five-year-old chihuahua who wakes up happy and goes to bed grumpy. That's a personal experience. Uh, so <laughs> it was a good, good time. And uh, Star Wars can be found even in the trails at Griffith Park. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Connecting with that nature. Big deal. Yeah. So, there you go. I think we all had full weekends. Full yeah. Wars weekends. And no, not at all. <laughs> well, uh, let's get to some Star Wars news. One of the things that also filled my weekend was driving by and uh, honking when I could at some of the WGA strike lines. Uh, we're in the center of that there, and uh, they are all over the streets. We have some friends out there, all those kind of things. Uh, and, well, we want to get into this. This might be a little bit more of a free-flowing news conversation, but uh, there is some stuff out there. One of the questions that might emerge, I've even seen it in our Discord, is, well, will the WGA strike affect Star Wars? Uh, so they will start here. That's a fair question. And the answer is yes, but maybe not currently and immediately with Ahsoka being released probably on schedule. But news broke this week. Uh, that Andor's production will continue and Tony Gill will remain on as producer, but can't uh, do any writing. And there's some stuff similar to 2007, but it's a different time. But we want to start there and we want to go to the big question, Joseph, of will the WGA strike affect Star Wars? Uh, your thoughts and uh, where do you want to go with that? Uh, always in motion is the future, but also I lean toward, I think there's a good chance it will. Yeah. I think um, 
you know, Kathleen Kennedy had said uh, pretty clearly that the new script for the Charmino Bed Chinoy New Jedi Order Ray film uh, was hopefully going to be coming in late May. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> in, no in, in, unless it, it it really just got in there and it was early and was uh, absolutely yeah. flawless. Everybody said, you know, uh, you have go pictures, you say, Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there is a possibility that this could affect the timeline of that film if that film was going to come out in, in 2025. Got a great Kathleen Kennedy quote about the timing of films that we're going to discuss in the second half. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a good possibility that the uh, next film could be affected. Absolutely. I think the the, the Andor uh, season two continuing production, I think there should be some awareness that that might be controversial and, and might mm-hmm. still uh, shut down. Yeah. Um, the, the, the quote from one of the articles here uh, on, I believe, Variety. Uh, mm. While Andor executive producer Tony Gilroy is not on set and no longer writing, scripts are locked before the strike. Uh, sources say he is still working as a producer on specific non-writing elements like casting and scoring for the Disney Plus show. Uh, representatives for HBO and Lucasfilm declined to comment for this story. Uh, that dividing line between what is the work of a writer and what is the work of a producer is one of the many issues mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. that WGA is uh, wanting to negotiate because sometimes it can be a tactic to say, if you're typing, <laughs> that's yeah. writing. But if you're making a creative decision that really only a writer could, uh, we're going to call that producing. And writers are saying, no, if if the writer, Tony Gilroy, is making a creative st- decision that only he can make because he's the one who wrote it, that isn't just producing. That's a form of writing. Mm-hmm. So yep. I think that is uh, a big issue that uh, I, I, I just think that fans shouldn't um, be confident that Andor is going to keep moving. It might get shut down as well. Uh, yep. Final thing that I want to say real quick is, is that if people aren't is sort of caught up on all the Hollywood is, uh, business going on, uh, the actors union and the directors unions are both coming up to contract negotiations very quickly. The DGA begins talks on May 10th. SAG after begins talks on June 7th. So I think it's possible that this is going to go on for a couple months. And I think it's possible that the AMPTP will wait to settle everything at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes uh, a, a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I, I will get into the maybe some of the weeds on some of that. Uh, you know, there's it's uh, some of the rulings and stuff. We're going to discuss some of the letters, the emails that have emerged uh, of companies. Uh, but overall, I think you're I think you're right. I, Acolyte's also still shooting. And, and you and I and Jen were talking off air. Yes, that's uh, in the UK, sometimes it's a little different. But overall, <laughs> these are I would I would describe Disney as an American based company. Uh, uh, <laughs> um and uh, yeah, Jed, I'll bring you in here too. It says, uh, you know, we, you were around here in the 07, 08 strike and uh, that affected some things. But I, but I, when I say it was different tone, it's like a lot of things just went on. Uh, MySpace wasn't even on an app, a, a app on the phone. So word got around a little differently than it does now. Um, and so I think uh, the issues are more clear this time around uh, and how it might affect Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I, I just have to think about like, okay, well, where where is everything? So Ahsoka is most likely just they're working on visual effects, like post-production, mixing, sound, stuff like that. So that's probably fine. But like in terms of Andor, 
you know, when you're doing casting, you're, you have sides, which is like basically a te- usually a temporary script for the actors to come in and read. Well, let's say you like an actor, but they're kind of different than maybe how you would envision the character. So you think, well, I'm going to have to re- slightly tweak that character to make it fit this actor that I really like. Well, that's writing. And even mm-hmm. if you're not like, uh, it's it just, it just, it's just so fascinating to me to think about, like, if you're a producer or a showrunner who also is a writer, mm-hmm. then it's going to be hard to not have that overlap, uh, like the acolyte as well. I, I just don't see how this is possible. And I know that they want to keep things on schedule and they have these crews and they have teams of people who are relying on them, these showrunners, to be able to keep keep the show running so that they have jobs. Um, yeah. It affects so much. And so it's just so complicated. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's really dire time <laughs> for Star Wars and for the WGA. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, and, and dire indeed. And, and we can talk about some of the bigger issues uh, uh, and what they mean to all of us. I think this is, this is, uh, this is a, a, a labor strike, not, not just writers and not fancy Hollywood writers and strike. It's, it's workers. It's workers mm-hmm. have certain powers. And I think that's important. But even like this, I don't, I don't think Ahsoka will be in fact, I think the release will be at, out there and we're going to want to honor all the work done, all that kind of stuff. But if, if you're Dave Filoni sitting in an editing bay and you mm-hmm. make an edit or want to make an editing decision that change, changes the scene, you could argue that's writing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're changing the story, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's uh, complicated and we can continue this here. Uh, but you know, Jen, you kind of hinted at it. Strikes are tough on many complicated times because there are people who are um, need the, the, the kid selling coffee on set who that's his job. That, that all that mm-hmm. stuff can change when productions shut down, but it's also very, uh, uh, very needed and, and kind of going on uh, beyond the will affect Star Wars, but also keeping that in mind. Uh, there's this thing that came out this week of looking at what Disney and HBO Max and others uh, are, are doing to the writer producers like jo- you were talking about, Joseph. Uh, it's, you know, Tony Gilroy working on it does not necessarily mean he's crossing the line intentionally, but he might be because these companies are holding them over the barrel of uh, what HBO Max, when it was the first to publicly release a reminder, we'll put quotations about reminder to all showrunners and writer producers so that if they don't perform their non-WGA duties, then they will not be paid. Disney followed with their own email that got out there saying, we want to specifically reiterate to you as a showrunner or any other or other writer producer, you are not excused for performing your duties as a showrunner and or producer in your series as a result of the WGA strike. The studio intends to stay in production during the WGA strike, and we are legally entitled to do so. Nice lawyer put that all up. A nice team of lawyers put that all mm-hmm. up. And, 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 and the, the tension that it causes is one unnamed Disney series showrunner told Deadline, we are professionals. We know our obligations and rights, and we don't need to be spoken to like children, like this does. So, you know, as with any strike, it's, uh, it's and, and especially in the early days, it's tremendously contentious. And you got the... the it, it, the strike breakers are out there. You got what amounts to modern day Pinkerton's uh, you know, <laughs> infiltrating strike lines. And uh, you got uh, other unions that are are, are going to uh, you know, support. There's There was even a production shutdown this past weekend where only three or four WGM members were outside uh, Studio Gate. And that caused uh, the Teamsters to turn around. Uh, per their kind of sort of, uh, I'll say protocol, but that's not necessarily written, but just what they do as a union to support another union. So all that stuff is going. Um, but just so I'll bring you in here too. Just I'm putting a lot of information on the table. Mm-hmm. But but we're Star Wars fans. And mm-hmm. 
Star Wars has some themes and goals and lessons, and we understand <laughs> the business of it. There's, you've always said, wonderful. George Lucas did not do a nonprofit when he started Lucasfilm. He was an artist trying to make things. Uh, money is made. It's a big business. We understand that we are we are subscribed to Disney Plus, and it kind of could put even our souls into complicated areas. But we didn't want to skip this conversation about what's going on. Yeah, no, not at all. And and I think I've uh, shared before about uh, reading that uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, autobiography when I was uh, still quite young, just starting out, and his his uncle and father teaching him. There's the show in the business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the creativity and what gets put in front of the audience, and then there's all of you know how the sausage gets made behind the scenes, which is is necessary. The business part is necessary. The creative and the show. Mm-hmm doesn't exist without it uh that project that i'm that i'm working on i'm the producer of that the thing that i'm gonna kickstart and i so i really i'm not a massive corporation but i feel it from the other side of like ooh, i desperately need these things from these people and i only have this amount of money and your first temptation is to just beg people to do stuff for nothing um <laughs> i understand it it's hard uh, uh so i i've been a producer enough to understand it from that perspective as well but these are massive corporations these aren't you know, uh, indie producers, um, yeah. they have is, has been discussed so much. The money exists. It's being given to the executives at the tippy tippy top. Uh, it, it exists to be spread out. So I think for, for me as a, is a star Wars fan. I feel like did, there's a lot in star Wars that talks about this. The mm-hmm. corporations are in the wrong, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars, although owned by a corporation, always has a lot to say about corporations. I think that's mm-hmm. so much about uh, what what the prequels in particular about is even even groups. There are groups uh, with not great intentions. There's all sorts of uh, greed from the people who are trying to gobble up and control all of the uh, means of uh, production and the assets that with the trade federation, the corporate alliance and the banking clan, that's all pretty pointed mm-hmm. uh, criticism. But then even the Senate, which arguably has good intentions and the Jedi order uh, can start to get corrupted. Uh, Lucas clearly had mixed feelings about seeing himself as um, the rebel, uh, the little guy. And then in order to make his dreams, his show come true, he forms Lucasfilm, and Lucasfilm has to become a corporation because that's how things worked to the point where he names his documentary Empire of Dreams mm. <laughs> and sort of, you know, uh, cajoles himself for like, look what I look what I had to do to make my dreams. I had to become mm-hmm. the Empire to make my dreams. So it is complicated. Yeah. I don't I, I don't think that I think companies and corporations are that's that's how things get made, but they need to be held in check. And that's what yeah. the that's what the unions are for. And in my opinion, that's what the unions are doing. Uh, it is a dark time <laughs> for the unions. It is a dark time for the people who actually make the show. Uh, and a, a band of diverse people are coming together, making personal sacrifice for the benefit of all. So I think what's happening is very, very Star Wars. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, but yeah, even even what you're talking about, a. Uh, a, a band of rebels striking from a hidden base. Yeah, it's it, it's why, but and it's all again. It's always going to be the tension in life. And like, look, all these writers striking. They want this to end. They want a fair deal, and they want us to all get back to watching Disney Plus with Ahsoka. They just want mm-hmm. a little piece of that. And and it's not just you know. It's so easy to. Um, watered down into just simply money. There's so much more at stake. It it it's the the little tick, uh, tricks and tactics to to stretch uh, the writers thin to 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 not pay them as much. The the whole AI angle, which is um, 
you know, it's, it's part of an emerging and development, developing technology. And that's not new, you know, Photoshop, uh, digital editing, uh, George taking one performance from this scene and putting on another, that's all technological advances, but it kept the heart of art, I think in its place. And I think there's a lot of danger of the heart of art being removed by these, uh, executives looking at bottom lines and executives just trying to ride these waves. I think a lot of it's at stake and it's, uh, and it's, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's totally complicated, Jen. I know uh, you know you um, probably f- understand those complications as well as an actor. Oh my gosh, yes. And it, the thing is, is that is that it's starting right now with the writers, but it's happening all across the board with all sorts of creators, actors as well. Uh, where we're now having to give our our voices away potentially, so that mm. they can use our voices. For and use it in AI and create a whole new performance that we're not going to get paid for. It's becoming very scary. And that's why having the WGA, as well as the other unions supporting them, uh, is the only way that things are going to change is banding together and saying, we are, we are not going to take this anymore. You cannot treat us in this way. And the thing that the reason why it we would love for it to be resolved quickly, obviously, so everyone gets paid fairly. And it also affects the entire town of Los Angeles and other parts of the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, restaurants, catering businesses, coffee shops uh, mm-hmm. that are, you know, that help the studios and, and go to the studios and people visit. Because if you're not making money, you're not going to be <laughs> spending money, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it affects so much more in addition to what we see on screen. And I mean, I lived through the the 2000 SAG commercial actors strike when I was first starting out. That mm. was brutal. Uh, obviously, we went through the 2007, 2008 WGA strike mm. when reality TV really became uh, even more yep. popular. So it just sucks. And I don't know how long it's going to be, but I have a feeling it's going to be a while. Yeah. Yeah. This one, especially like you said, Joseph, with the other uh, unions uh, deals coming up. Uh, uh, yep. Yep. And, 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 and I think, uh, you know, I don't think, it, you know, the, the, the fourth center uh, listener base, I, I really respect uh, so much and they make the show and make our community, but I, I think they all get the vibes. I think it's, you see a lot of uh, online stuff of, you know, the, uh, these rich writers that, you know, blah, blah. It's like, that's so, so much mm-hmm. not the case. And it's not like, so I get trying to say, it's not just about the money. Uh, this is a job. This is a, this is a, this is art. This is what we, you know, this is what Star Wars is is is, uh, is fighting for the the heart, the spirit of the galaxy. And and I, I just see art becoming content. I I see stuff happening mm-hmm. even on on the digital media side that that well, we don't need a writer. We can just have a computer do it. And yeah, that's mm. up some things. But that that also speaks volumes of what the of, of the content that's been out there and how you have to, you know, force center without it out. We're trying to move beyond uh, just audio and do more video. And it's the algorithm monster is this real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just it forces uh, creatives into a, a weird corner that's scary for me personally. And this is why I think I have a little bit different investment uh, this time around. I'm not a guild member, by the way. Uh, everyone's clear about that. Um but the 07 one, you know, I had a little, I had a little bitter too, because it took away an opportunity from me. And I just didn't, it was a little bit different view of the galaxy back then than I do now. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm terrified of what I see out there. I see of just the, the removal of the spirit, the human spirit in, in, um, 
being creative and just having people strike this down as uh, rich writers trying to get more money. I can guarantee you, most of them are working two, three jobs. Most of them have to go on unemployment. And that's yep. with these mini rooms that you're hearing about. And the, and, and I, I keep going on the, the trick, the tactic of, well, season four is going to be split into two volumes. That's just a way to not pay the people making the shows for two seasons, but get two seasons out for the content. Um, HBO Max removing uh, Westworld because they didn't want to do, you know, they want to pay residuals and it's a tax write-off and all that stuff. That, that stuff's happening. Um, I think that Bad Batch episode in the middle when they were looking for uh, Gonky and, and they run into that community on that planet, uh, that's this. That's what's going on here. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, this is kind of freeform. I don't know uh, where else to go other than, uh, you know, this will affect Star Wars. And it's okay to be bummed by that. I think it's okay. Uh, you know, I don't, no one wants this delayed and, and we love this entertainment, but, um, that's the thing. Uh, you're paying for this entertainment money's being generated for this entertainment and people are struggling to survive who bring this entertainment. It's a, it's a worth worthwhile cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, uh, for me, Ken, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, this idea of, of what does the strike mean, uh, as creatives, but also as Star Wars fans and also as just, you know, uh, people who have to survive <laughs> uh, in this world and culture, there is such specificity to it, but it is also universal. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the specificity part of it is, you know, for me, it's not theoretical. It's very real. Um, I'm not in the WGA or even in the Animation Guild uh, tag, which is also a whole thing that animation writers have never been treated anywhere near as well Mm -hmm. um there's a term for it called pre-wga which basically means like you're you have management you're pitching so you're like a sale away from being in the union so it it's not a legal term it's a it's a means of discussion kind of kind of term uh i'm pre-wga in that sense um so it does affect me directly i can't i can't pitch anything right now because uh, that is, you know, considered uh, a crossing line, which I'm not going to do. Um, they, these are my friends who are out there picketing, and I know how hard they have. Fo- they are not like I waltz in and I write a couple little words, and then I just go and retire to my mansion. That is, these are people who this is their dream, and they fought and they have scraped for years, and they have dealt with mountains of rejection to get the little bit of gold uh, mm-hmm. that they've been managed uh, to, to get out of, out of the, these dreams. Um, you know, uh, it, this is, it affects me. It affects my friends. It's my neighborhood. I, I can hear the helicopters over the Netflix building. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it is, it's all very close to me. So it is very specific. Um, and it's specific to, to the business that everything you're talking about, Ken, of, this isn't like uh, rich people want more money with the writers. Uh, these are these are labor issues, like you're saying. Uh, you know, enough writers in the room and on the set for safety, so actors aren't or uh, writers aren't overworked. Um, and enough writers in the room and on the set means better quality shows for everybody. Uh, residuals are just fair. Uh, animation largely doesn't have residuals. I got nothing for writing for uh, Adult Swim. Uh, mm-hmm. Residuals, why? Um, common sense things like being paid the same for streaming and traditional since it's the exact same work I yep. think everybody can understand that of like hey you work at mcdonald's and you, you know you you make a burger but you, you made the exact same burger but now it doesn't pay like that's mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh for screenwriters codifying some draft fees so you can't 
constantly be asked to do free work, which mm-hmm. is loopholes that happen all the time there. Uh, so there's all this stuff that's, uh, again, specific. But then I just mm-hmm. want to also remind myself and, and anybody who who is maybe not, you know, having time to read every little thing about this. This is so universal. It is happening everywhere. And mm-hmm. it, it is the battle of our age in many ways that the executives are being paid millions and millions of dollars. This is the same reason that Starbucks is just suddenly closing down stores because uh, the Starbucks people there unionized. Mm. Um, This is the socioeconomic battle of our ages. It's about consolidating all of the wealth at the top and then letting everybody just fight for, for, for scraps. Mm. Uh, It's what the movie solo is about. It's, that's a picture of, a, a system where everybody thinks it's bonkers that young Han Solo dreams of some amount of personal freedom. It's like, mm-hmm. no, everybody's trapped and just pick where you're trapped. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's what everyone is cheering for ending at the end of Return of the Jedi. So I, I, I do think it's really universal because I think so many people are being asked to work more and more and more dangerously, mm-hmm. soul stiflingly for less and yet the money is there for executives in a way it never has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was a tweet that I saw, you know, don't go into the replies. Don't go into the replies, kids. But I went into the replies. <laughs> and uh, not to anything I, I, I'd set up, but, but like, uh, you know, someone was like, oh, maybe these fancy Hollywood writers want to come work my third shift, 12 hour, uh, you know, my night shift, 12 hour shift job. And, and I, I thought, well, you're probably fighting the same battles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. by the way, you know, writers are sometimes 16 hours a day for, for weeks at, at uh, almost no pay uh, when you stretch it out and then they're, you know, cast aside here. So it's, it is the same battle. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of at the heart of it for me. And it's uh, it just uh, when you really, really hear when you reach out and hear uh, these uh, creative people talking about, um, you know, what they go through and what the, it, it will spill out. It will continue to spill out. It will, it will take over the land unless we uh, all kind of at least understand it and understand what it's truly about. So I encourage you all to read, like Joseph was saying, he's got some great quotes there, great articles out there about it. Um, see what's going on. See what's going on. Mm-hmm. Move, mm-hmm. move beyond just the, Hey, will, will Ahsoka show up? I, I think it probably will, but um, it's valuable to us all to uh, try to understand a little bit. I think. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Um, there, any final thoughts on that there? I am going to stop myself from talking about AI. And I, I think what uh, Star Wars has to say about the, uh, the whole turn off your targeting computer. I think there's some, some Star Wars stuff there, but we'll leave that for another discussion. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I almost want to, yeah, no, you're right. Cause we want to also move along, but it's like, I, I don't want to ever con- conflate the two. There's, there's complicated, uh, you know, and, and, um, maybe some competing thoughts around, you know, Luke Skywalker, Mando and all that kind of stuff. And I get it. I have friends who just absolutely want to stomp that out and I totally get it. Um, but also I think there was real, there was a human heart in that and what they were trying mm-hmm. to do. And it's, it's Luke Skywalker for a scene versus a show. But, but I think it's, that's very different than what is someone going cool. Hey, I just released an album uh, that's Oasis, but it's, a, it's eight new songs that they never did. And I, cre- I didn't create it. I told this computer to create it. And we're in a weird time. <laughs> weird yeah. 
And it's yeah. moving so fast. I mean, just when this whole streaming and internet, <laughs> I'm using quotes, internet stuff, it totally changed the game, at least from, from an actor's perspective, and I'm sure for all the writers as well. Like you're saying, Joseph, we're doing the same work, and you're paying us nothing. I mean, I used to be able to make a living making commercials, mm-hmm. and it was not great living, but it was like I could at least have health insurance. And now once they started, you know, you're airing your commercial, they're airing it on Twitter. You're you're seeing yourself over and over and over again, right? On YouTube, mm-hmm. get paid net like a very small lump sum and that's it. And they can air your face all they want and you could be the spokesperson, doesn't matter. You get mm-hmm. you get very very little. And so the companies are making so much money for actually a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. And the creative people who are actually making these hit shows and making the products are the ones that are suffering, who don't have health insurance, who dedicate six months of their lives to write on a show and then to basically still be at poverty level for, for wages. It's just it's so wrong. It's so upsetting. And that's why we are forming the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, we wanted to discuss it. We felt it was right uh, for us, especially as a, as a, as a podcast uh, in 2023 to, to not uh, turn away. Um, and, and we hope, uh, look, we all hope it gets resolved. All the cities, Atlanta, Vancouver, any place where people shoot things. Mm-hmm. And uh, even as we're talking uh, and recording this uh uh, severance on Apple TV is announced. It will stop shooting immediately. Mm. Uh, you're going to start seeing this more and more. I, 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 and I, I, for one, think the tone and tenor from 2007 is 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 it's different. It's bigger. It's oh yeah, a larger fight. And remember, back in 07, it was like we got to worry about streaming, and it was like, what the hell's that? Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking? Like, why do you want so much money for this YouTube thing that is? <laughs> Only a couple of years old, yeah. Well, it's great. Someone put that, I mentioned it, but someone in 07, no social media sites were on phones. There was no MySpace app. There's no Friendster app. None of, uh, no, no Facebook app. None of that. Existed. There were barely there were more, phones. There were Blackberries. Yeah. Exactly. And, and iPhone was, came out in 2007. It did, oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, in um, summertime, that was my first uh, week at my uh, new job. where that was they, we, we had to work security for an unveiling of something called the iPhone. And I was like, what are they going to do? iHome next? <laughs> Times have changed <laughs> and fast, and that's what this is about, too. So, hey, by by your description, Joseph, uh, Han Solo, uh, in Solo working for the White Worms, it's like he's a he's an independent YouTuber just trying to make some art, just trying to get by, just trying to get by. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're talking about some uh, other Star Wars news I, that actually, t- quite frankly, is just an extension of this conversation because uh, these comments actually came out, uh, were recorded uh, during a Star Wars celebration. We're going to talk about something Kathleen Kennedy said. Before we do that, we're going to have a Four Center Recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. So Joseph, what do you got? Hey, we are still recommending Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. Ken and I read this one. Uh, we discussed it recently on the podcast. If you want to get caught up with it, uh, you can check out this uh, audiobook. Absolutely. Check it out. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break, and we'll get back to the news after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Four Center. Taking a look at the news of the weekend. Kathleen Kennedy had this little interview out on Empire about how to eventize the Star Wars movies. Well, the first thing might be to have some writers that can put them together. All right. <laughs> uh, but hey, uh, in an interview released on Star Wars Day, but like I said, recorded in London during Star Wars Celebration, at least uh, the interview took place there. Kathleen Kennedy spoke to Empire Magazine about how to best eventize the future Star Wars movies. There were some other things to come out of this interview. So, Joseph, Jen, if you want to pull them in, go for it all the way. I just focus on this one little section where she said, I've often brought up Bond. That's every three or four years. And there wasn't this pressure to feel like you had to have a movie every year. I feel that was very important to Star Wars. We have to eventize this. It's much better to tell the truth that we're going to make these movies when they're ready to be made and release them when they're ready to be released. 
So uh, yes, we'll get into the strike thing here too, but I want to start Jennifer with this. What does eventize mean to us as fans and how do you really think it can be done now? You know, Star Wars has been an event since the beginning, right? Since the beginning, it's baked in its DNA. When I think that that means, you know, Star Wars stories, they're not Marvel stories. They're they're mm-hmm. totally different. So we can have multiple Marvel movies a year and people are excited, still go see it. Star Wars, it's different. And I can't I can't describe why. Maybe you guys can articulate why better, but I just feel like it's okay if we don't see it every year in the movie theater. They can they can take their time, they can pump the brakes when they need to. Because when Star Wars doesn't do well at the box office, or if it's amongst fans, it is seen as a failure, like Solo, which is seen as a failure, which obviously, I'm like, what? It actually made great money, and it's a fantastic movie. But it's people point to it as this big bomb. Uh, and I feel like Star Wars is held up to this different standard than other properties. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I've been a little sensitive about it. But it just feels like Star Wars has to hit a home run every single time or else it will be so scrutinized. And because of that, mm-hmm. they should take their time and make it mm-hmm. an event. Mm-hmm. I like that take, uh, actually, of just like, hey, we know the pressure's on, so we're going to do, we're going to make sure we're, we're doing that by not forcing anything or rushing anything. And I'm not saying anything was was too rushed. We'll get into more of that, but uh, that's a good place to start the conversation. But Joseph, for you, an event, a Star Wars film event. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I think it means a, a couple of different things. Um, and and uh, because I'm obsessed with clarity, one thing I do want to point out is this uh, quote is a snippet of a longer interview mm-hmm. in Empire Magazine that's going to be coming out uh, on May 11th, I believe, the one with a Secret Empire coverage. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to more drips of individual yeah. <laughs> Kennedy quotes and then finally getting a, a full context. I think this one's pretty pretty clear all by itself but you know i always go digging for is there context we're missing um but in terms of the eventize uh i think part of it is just time allowing time for desire to build um Mm -hmm. i think we're at that point now i think if if there was a star wars movie in december 2023 obviously there isn't going to be i think that it's been long enough from rise of skywalker that i think the desire to be in a theater with a bunch of star wars fans applauding uh when that lucasfilm logo comes up i think that's built up um i do think i think marvel and star wars are really different i think one thing for marvel has always been that this is an adaptation of comic books with multiple serialized stories going at the same time that then overlap with one another so Mm. it's been baked into marvel marvel is the the mcu is the largest literary adaptation that's ever been done it's an experiment that works partially because of the source material that it's translating um but even with that i remember it being in the theater uh, as as the uh, as people were able as the vaccines were out and people were able to get back into the theater the first movie i saw was black widow uh with wearing about three masks of mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and still the screams at the marvel opening fanfare because time had allowed the desire to build uh, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy this week, and people were excited to be there, but the energy was so different um, mm-hmm. because Guardians fans were excited to be there, but they're fans of Guardians of the Galaxy. But like Marvel, like this, this, there's been much talk about like maybe it's been too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about eventizing in terms of like letting the desire build, mm-hmm. um, but I also think about it in terms of the scale of 
the films, you know, budget, but also like, are these galactic stakes? Are the stories mm -hmm. moments of deep, deep change? Um, mm -hmm. the, the other quote that you were talking about, Ken, uh, I want to read real quick. Uh, Kennedy says, what we're exploring is the evolution of the Jedi. We're going very far back. We're looking at the present. Now we're moving 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. The First Order has fallen. The Jedi are in chaos. There's even a question of how many exist anymore. And Ray's building the new Jedi Order based on the text that she was given and that Luke imparted on her. Lots of lots of fun stuff to discuss in there. But for me, the point is the movies that they announced are big paradigm shifting galactic moments about mm -hmm. arguably the core idea, one of the tent poles of Star Wars, the Jedi. So I think that's mm -hmm. eventized to me, too, of it isn't a little side adventure. It's mm -hmm. how did the Jedi start? Can they continue? Uh, mm. Pretty big stuff. Yeah, big stuff indeed. And, and there was even the, the there's a Filoni thing out there right now about mostly about the New Republic era movie. But, you know, there should be an event in that era that changes everything. Whereas, you know, new the blowing up of the Death Star changed a lot of things. Uh, and you can have stories lean to that and stories uh, after that. And I thought it was a re really interesting look at that, too, there. Yeah, no, uh, I, I love what you're saying there. And as far as me, like, like this eventized thing, you know, I... I I, it is different, and I'm glad you brought the, the difference between Marvel. They're always going to be compared, and, and Marvel at times is putting out. At other times, it seems like they're churning out uh, mm -hmm. two or three movies a year, and, and that's uh, – I've, I've always said that. I've never had a bad experience with a Marvel movie. I enjoy them, and, but it is a different, completely different ballgame. And Star Wars, uh, to your point, Jen, does have these high standards because of the way it felt. Now, I'll say this, a hot take. I, I think if George Lucas had the technology rolling, I think he would have released uh, – the prequels over the course of three years or four at the most. Right. I, I just mm -hmm. think that was a, you know, that's what they had to do. It wasn't because he was like, let's do it for three years because that's what we did before. I just think it took that long to make those films. So personally, I think I could, every December I could have an event. <laughs> I, I'd be okay. <laughs> uh, you know, Ty Boos, I, look at the Jackson and the Lord of the Rings trilogy every December. That was for that. Those three years was an event. But I, I think the spirit of this quote is something I really like, and we'll continue to discuss uh, what that means about when we're ready. And, and to tell the truth, not that anyone was lying before. It's just, you know, you got to get the news out. Or, or go with me here, the news comes out before you're ready, and, and now it feels as though you've promised something with the creator when you're just stuff we've talked about before. But I like what you're saying here. When we're ready to make these, because they are big, and we know that you all see them as big, uh, to me, that's a, a good, honest, perhaps even change uh, of the approach the last couple of years, uh, which I think it's fair to, to, to maybe criticize some of the stuff. I don't, I don't think everything has been handled perfectly over there, particularly in how they announce it or even sometimes market some things. But um, I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm excited, hopefully, uh, about a 2025 release. Now, again, Rider Strike, as we discussed, that is dramatically changing things, and I, I think this will be affected. But if you weave that in, if you want here um, – <laughs> But this Kathleen Kennedy quote alone does not take away a 2025 release, which we know was announced a year or so ago or whenever something was spoiled or scooped or leaked where we had a Disney, you know, release schedule out there. Um, so but it definitely doesn't confirm that a film would be in 2025. So, Jen, thoughts on 2025 and beyond for the film slate? Basically, are you OK if it's 2026? I I think we have no choice because I, I I think it is it might be pushed back and people knew that the strike was most likely going to happen so I'm sure that they've been anticipating this and it's a question of like we talked about I don't know how ready the script is 
you know, if this mm-hmm. if it's close enough, then they there's still a lot that they can do with production design, with mm-hmm. costumes, with things like that. The only thing is, is that like the Mandoverse is obviously they're able to use the volume and they're able to reuse sets. I don't know about this new film how mm-hmm. much that's how much they would be able to reuse, which means that that they need more time, and mm-hmm. more time means a 2026 release mm-hmm. date. I think. Yeah. I'm just, I'm preparing myself, right? I'm getting mm-hmm. my expectations where yeah. they need to be. So I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I, I think it's a good way to go through life. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so Joseph, that's on 2025 and beyond. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to wait, but there are a lot of things in life. I don't want yeah. <laughs> in this. And this is one of them I'll, I'll have to accept. I'd be thrilled if there was a Star Wars movie uh, this December. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I agree with you, Ken. I think that the I sense a change of bobs in in some of what Kathleen Kennedy has been saying of kind of pushing back on. Yes. We're we're not going to because there's been a corporate decision that you must hit this date. Mm-hmm. We're we're not going to do that. We're going to have the films out and and released and and announced when we're ready to. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me is a Bond fan. The other thing that I that I take from this uh, uh, about being concerned that the film might not the next film might not be out in 2025 is the the Bond film release schedule is not entirely a choice. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm a massive uh, uh, Bond fan. And the, the tradition was, well, th- they started out coming out one a year and then yeah. they slowed down uh, toward the end of Connery's run. And then for a long time, it was two a year or, or two uh, every two years. Yeah. Like, uh, clockwork and then in between uh timothy dalton and pierce brosnan there was a, a break but then pierce brosnan for a while there was back to the every two years there's a james bond movie and they tried to get it going again with daniel craig you had casino royale in tw- 2006 and then quantum of solace in 2008 which is being discussed a lot because it was affected by the writer strike mm-hmm. but then everything after that wasn't this like <laughs> super cool chill like Mm-mm. yeah it's cooking in the kitchen when we're ready man uh no, there's, there was an endless amount of legal drama, mm-hmm. sales to different companies, uh, script problems, waiting for Daniel Craig's uh, schedule, trying mm-hmm. to hit anniversary years, a pandemic. Uh, the Daniel Craig films are 2006, 2008, then 2012, 2015, 2021. And, and, and the reason I bring all that up is I, I feel like Kathleen Kennedy is saying something that I really uh, think is, is great as a fan of, of the creative side of it all of we are going to take our times and we're going to make the movies right and we're not going to be rushed. But I think by name checking Bond in the easily researched history of, I think she's also kind of acknowledging there's a lot of real world bumps that are going to get in the way. So I am not going to go out and promise 2025 because the creative might take some time and all this other bleep that happened to the Bond movies could happen to us too. So let's be realistic about the setbacks. I, I love your take on that, and, and I was waiting to get to that. Yeah, it, you, I, I'm so uh, supportive of, of Kathleen Kennedy. No red eyes on this thumbnail, but I was, nope. it was uh, a different example. Uh, yes, because I don't think it's intentional, uh, the, some of the releases. In fact, as a Bond fan, that that wait between Con- Quantum of Solace and was it Skyfall next? I, it mm-hmm. bummed me out. <laughs> it really bummed me And director problems, director switches, injuries mm-hmm. on that, a lot of things. But I think, this again, the spirit of what you're saying exactly – 
even when those films did finally come out, it did feel like an event and it did feel big and it did feel like, yeah, it's a Bond film. And I'm a fan of uh, such a fan of the Daniel Craig era stuff. Um, so that, uh, that, uh, that worked. And even, you know, even with the, the switch to Pierce Brosnan, it, that is what, what was that from 89 to 95? Golf top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nothing. Right. But as, as a youngster, that felt like, centuries <laughs> it was in eternity it was will james bond ever come back from my perspective it was you know yeah it was like remember that thing they used to have they used to call james bond remember those and there's video games out and there's movies out yeah it was it was big so anyways i i think you're right i, I love what you pointed out that it's uh it, the spirit of what she's saying is it's true and that, that the bond of it all it, it takes in effect all the bleep as you said there. So, uh jen i can't you, you go with the bond example i'm trying to think of another example out there i wasn't too familiar with with the bond, the bond. <laughs> i just remember seeing the timothy dalton bond many many oh. years ago he was my bond i was like a so kid yeah, yeah yeah he was great mm-hmm. um yeah no i, I got nothing on bond got, got nothing. nothing on bond yeah <laughs> Yeah, but uh, the finals, we bring it on home here. Um, I think we've gotten to discuss it, but to, to put a fine, finer point on it there, uh, Jen, what, what can be gained by spacing out Star Wars film releases? What's the positive view in it? What, how do you want to see that managed and maybe even marketed? And, and how do you want to feel when you finally get back to a theater? I think it will feel more special. I think, uh, you know, Star Wars has been doing really well on Disney Plus. So it's not like we have a shortage of Star Wars stories. They're thriving uh, in streaming. So I think that they can take their time to get it right. The visual Mm -hmm. effects, the story, et cetera, et cetera. What I think is going to be great is that it's going to feel like multi-generational, like you were talking about, Joseph, with The Return of the Jedi. There's going to be kids who grew up with the sequel trilogy, who were young when the sequel trilogy came out, who were going to be older and able to experience this new, I was going to say, uh, this new Ray film uh, in, a, in a different light. And then there might be kids in this interim, like hopefully my seven-year-old, I'm going to introduce her to the sequel trilogy so that she is prepared for this, for this next uh, film. And that's really, really exciting uh, because Star Wars has to, has to live on through the youngsters in order to, for it to live on, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm excited and I'm happy that they're taking their time just to get it right. Yeah, nubs will save us all. <laughs> nubs will save us all. Yeah, I talk about the multi generational field. Uh, Star Wars is going strong, and so that's also part of the reason I think they can take the time. They, they're putting out great content on Disney Plus, including the Adventures of Nubs. But uh, Joseph, uh, this movie comes out 2025 or beyond. That's going to be a chance for an entire new generation to look around and go, "Ooh, what's this event everyone's talking about?" a la Force Awakens in 2015. And that's one of the positive things I can take from it. You? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think just a a thrill of lots of different generations experiencing it, uh, you know, getting to experience it with people who grew up with the sequel trilogy. You know, by that time, you know, you're going to be having interviews and lines and and you're going to have people who are like, I was 15. Uh, when Force Awakens came out and I decided to do this with my career because of Ray, you know, mm. uh, like that kind of cultural impact is going to be there as well as the the kids who are seven, you know, whenever, <laughs> whatever year this comes out, exactly. hopefully 2025, I really, really want it. I, I, I would love at some point um, a little bit of spacing between the Star Wars film releases. I think um, I think I personally don't need the Marvel pace of two to three a year. I, I would be fine with one a year. Um, uh, that That's enough time for my desire <laughs> to build. You know, Halloween's pretty good. Uh, my wife's birthday are pretty, 
is pretty yeah. good. I wait a year and it get excited about those. But a Star yeah. Wars movie uh, once a year, every two years, I think would be great because it's just enough spacing to have that uh, the the desire for it build up to make it an event. Uh, and and final thought for me, if the films get a little spaced out to get on maybe a little regular schedule, maybe toys could actually be released at the same time as the Star Wars story again. Hey, hey there you go. Gotta love a that. Felican dream. A felican dream. <laughs> oh, there we go. Of course, uh, the big one hanging over all this is the WGA strike. I think this will affect the next uh, set of films. But hey, for now, we'll look to the future when we all can be back in the theater enjoying a Star Wars film and feeling that event with our toys our little guys our little mans <laughs> our little mans <laughs> our little man. <laughs> well that is it for this week folks uh we are out of here you can find us on twitter at four center pod facebook page is four center podcast we're available on a lot of different spots including iHeartRadio, apple podcast google play stitcher tune in and more don't forget we're on youtube subscribe over there merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash four center and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center, as we said up top. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck. Go to my website, kennapsuck.com, for more things that I've got going on. Going to be announcing hopefully some uh, stand-up uh, dates in the fall around some other cities in this fair country here. All right, Jen, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Jennifer Landa. I'm on Blue Sky now. Uh, oh. Yeah, have not done a thing. I don't know what you would call it. It's not a tweet. Uh, Blue Sky. I don't know. Anyways, I'm on there at Jennifer Landa <laughs> and TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. Uh, yeah. What do you call this is a pool? Do you, do you, do you <laughs> blue yourself like Arrested <laughs> Development? <laughs> right. That's something else. Uh, well, that's where you can follow John. Joseph, where can, uh, where can they follow you? Where can you find yourself? Because you, you know you're trying to find all the different spots to put you on. They <laughs> need to find me. Well, not on Blue Sky. Uh, I'll have to ask Jennifer about the, the invite uh, connect. Um, but you can find me on Twitter still. Um, I'm trying to spend some more time on Mastodon. Definitely on Instagram. Uh, all sorts of places like that. Of course, my YouTube channel as well. Uh, but please do uh, follow on social media if you would like uh, some more not unboxing videos and some information about that creative project coming up very soon. You can always find me on all the social media at Joseph Scripture. Yes, you can. All right, my friends, that is it for this week. We'll see you next time here on Force. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.